Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 16 of Rise Up, the podcast. Scotty Raj, Greg Beast, Dan Seibel here. How are we doing, fellas? I haven't talked to you guys since uh, before Thanksgiving. Hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving with your families. Give me an update. What's going on? I got to see my uh, got to see my father. I was down in I ran a clinic down in Houston, also, which is always great. Um, pretty good, man. I was, like I said, every time I go down there, I feel like I'm like the the Grim Reaper. It fucking rains. It, it rained. It was beautiful. My dad said it was 74 sunny before I got there. I show up that day. It's fucking monsoon. I'm like every time I get there. He's, he's lying. Like, he just wants you to feel like shit. No, dude. I think it is me. I think my dad I, does. I, I'm Satan. I don't think I'm Satan. <laughs> so it's um, all good. It's all good, but we had a great dinner. The big guy pulled off his own feast. Uh, he was on his own, so my, my stepmother wasn't there. So he had to do the whole thing for me and my boy Gunner, and uh, he fucking did a good job. So we were happy. We ate well. Yeah, man. Yes, Papa Rig. Uh, I was. I had a great Thanksgiving, but uh, we just had our Face Off Academy National Showcase this past weekend, and it was our 10-year anniversary, and it was awesome. Awesome. Congrats on yeah, that. We had a blast. Um, so yeah, it was it was a good time. Every, uh, shout out to Aaron Pressman, the 2022 national champion from Chicago. Um, wow. Time. So yeah, good weekend. I'm ready to, to talk some laps with you guys. Get back after. I miss you. Hey, seems uh, before we talk about any laps, I, I got to tell you, I've been for the last probably two days straight. I've been binge watching. Amazon Prime, like uh, Premier League. I've never been a soccer guy. Still, I was just gonna say World Cup. I think I think I'm fucking. I think I'm all in on just Premier League soccer. I think we're gonna choose a team. I think fucking. I mean, watching the fans, it's. I I gotta go over there. I gotta go to England. I want to choose like a whatever. You fit, in, you fit right in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. So let's I'm go over there together, dude. No, that would be phenomenal. Do a. a, a Little lacrosse clinic and then go to a soccer game, dude. I'm watching. Let's be hooligans. You just gotta remember they call it they call it football over there. Can't call uh, yeah, it I gotta say football. If I say soccer, so hey, 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 if, if Scotty and I walk in there calling it soccer, guess what it is that day? <laughs> it might be. Greg, hey. Greg. <laughs> hey, guess what? Hooligans, we're coming, and you have never beaten the USA in a World Cup match, so we get to call it soccer. <laughs> Greg, I'm telling you right now, dude. I watched these little drunk guy. Literally, it was like a corner kick miss, and this guy just went ham in the stands. Which was, <laughs> I was like, Yo, fun, fun World Cup story. Fun World Cup story. So, during the USA-England match, I was in – I was back home in Springfield for my 20-year high school reunion. And I was at, at the bar, and everybody is – you know, it's packed. Everyone's cheering for USA. But I bet 500 bucks on a draw. No way. And daddy was trying to make some money. So every time they kicked the ball over the net, I was like, yeah! Shit. Game ended in a tie, and I was buying shots what? for everybody. What was that payout? I would uh, What was that payout? Uh, 2500 Let's go. Wow. Let's go. go. It's called gambling, son. I, not, I mean, the gamble of a draw with the, the favorite fucking played us, that's – Good no, shit. we call it great. You know we, call that, we call that we call that England, sports investing. That's not gambling. England sports always, investing. always screws up in the World Cup. They ne- not they never play as well as everybody thinks they're going to. Exactly. exactly. So then, on top of the fact that their fans are absolute nuts, so there's that pressure, and you're playing the team and the country that is undefeated in World Wars. 
That's a lot of – all the pressure was on their side. In my I don't opinion. even know if we can put this on there. God damn, I don't even know if we can post What are they going to do? Are they going to start another war? We'll beat them again. I mean, they're, they're the Euro right is, is dying right now. We yes. just lost every anybody from England who's listening is gone now. But, I know. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I was home uh, for Thanksgiving as well watching the World Cup. And with my mom, and she'd be like, Why are you watching soccer? You don't like it. I'm like, Mom, it's the World Cup. Like, everyone's watching. And then it's like, Question, it's 20 cubes. It's like, why, are they, why is the scoreboard counting up? Like, why are they doing this? Like, I'm like, Mom, just just watch. Just watch. Dude, I thought, dude, I thought lacrosse fans were loyal fans. Because, we, like, like I said, 30 years, you get those crazy Wings fans painting their face. Like, nah, there's nothing like soccer fans. And they're playing for 0 0 draws. I'm saying 0 yeah. 0 draws, penalty kicks, nothing. And they're still going nuts. It's like, dude, the closest thing to a uh, a European soccer fan that we have is a college football fan that actually went to the school. That's yeah, the closest like a yeah, like I feel like a, I feel or, like a diehard, or, or like a family, show. like a family that lives in Happy Valley. Yeah, yeah like, like my family. Yeah. I'm like third generation Penn State. Yeah, absolutely can't even watch the games. I have to DVR them, and then if they win, I go back and watch the game. That's that's, that's how much I care. Yeah, soccer yeah, I, fans are nuts. And I love, I love how like pumped everyone's getting for the World Cup because you know, like, I don't know, we're not, we're not the biggest, you know, soccer fans. At least my group of friends. I, I'll tell you what. On Saturday, I came back from Thanksgiving. Um, I had a wedding. My girlfriend's cousin was getting married, and my girlfriend was in the wedding, so she was up and out at seven in the morning doing hair, makeup. So I had time and space. And the wedding was in New York. So I was in New York City. And the wedding was in New York City. And so I get up and I go to a bar with a bunch of my buddies at 10 a.m. No. for the USA-Netherlands game and Nothing just had a full-on day. It was a blast. Hey, how'd you show up to that wedding? I was chilling. I paced myself, you know, mixing a water oh, here and there, yeah. get, a good, get a good hearty meal in. Come on. I'm, it also I'm, helped that USA got pumped. If USA won that match, so uh, you would have knocked that wedding, buddy. You would have fucked that up. <laughs> yeah. No, the, the, the funny thing about all of that is I liken it – like this is why I don't watch UFC matches in public anymore because I played soccer my whole life until I got to college. And I watch the matches and people who haven't watched a single soccer match in eight years are sitting there at this bar going, oh, he should just kick it to the middle. It's the ball. Oh, you're all soccer fans. Now. Shoot, shoot, yeah. shoot. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, oh, I can't believe they tied that, that team. You're like, you can't believe it? Or you don't know what you're talking about. Same thing. You go to UFC, Anderson Silva's fight. And you're like, oh, he should, he should. But what should he do again? I'm sorry, you're watching one of the best world fighters in the world. Yeah. The guy who took a karate class. I know, dude. It, it, I'm thinking about like, listen. So we're, we base our PLL's based. Let's we'll bring it back into PLL. PLL, <laughs> the PLL's based on the MLS model. So if, if our fans out there don't know why we can talk a little soccer is I know we're trying to grow this game, but also like the fan base, everything like that. But what we have to realize is even the USA soccer model is 20 years to 25 years old professionally. So if you look on that salaries, right, I was looking at the salary uh, disparity. They yes, we'll get, and we'll, but, but we're getting used goods. This is actually a great retirement plan for the European for soccer guys. They come, oh, yeah. over, they come over and they get paid 10 million and they're at the end of their career. NYCFC is is might lock up Messi for the end of his career. I heard he's going to Miami. It's a it's a, it's an incredible model for these guys to play in because you're like, dude, Wayne Rooney played for like a, like a team out here. It was like making like ten million, and he was probably on one leg. And I'm like, that is my only problem with us is I feel like we're getting the scraps. But 
you got to see it. There's a $10 million guy, and then there's a guy making 25 to – no, nah, not 25, probably like 70000 70 to 100 like the rookie guys that are not making the rosters yet. Dude, so, I love MLS soccer. I'm yeah. a big NYCFC fan. My son and I, they're building a new stadium uh, in the in Queens soon. Like, we, lo- I love watching MLS soccer because they're not quite as good as Premier. Yeah. So there's a lot more unexpected action. Um, so it's a, it's a lot of fun. But, you, you know, you bring something interesting when we talk about the PLL and the growth of lacrosse compared to the MLS model. The MLS used to be a single entity league just like the MLS was. And then they rebranded. And when they rebranded, they opened up into a franchise model. And I remember when LA Galaxy brought over Beckham and that kind of started setting the trend. And now you're seeing these teams, they not only do they have the MLS, but they have they have like farm leagues, farm teams now. And you know, like LA has two full franchises, two separate LAFC and Los Angeles Galaxy. LAFC just won it the whole thing this year, I think. Uh, did they? Oh no, Philly did. Yeah, Philly won the whole no, Philly, no, Philly lost. Philly lost. Philly lost. That's right. In an upset. But you're right. At the beginning, not a ton of money, a single entity model. You have to buy your time. Then they start the franchise model, and the PLL's taking that to to that next level. And hopefully, we'll get so, so what you see in that what you see in that model coming from that is also that's a great point you bring up the farm system. Like they call it, I think in the, in the overseas, they, in the Premier League, they call it the academies. Right? They run like a, a Manchester United academy where they'll bring in fifteen year olds, fourteen year olds, twelve year olds to start playing for that team. Now, what I wonder is, is that sustainable? I know the PLO runs an academy. I know people are starting to get more invested into it. We're looking yeah, at it's like a clinic based model. I'm talking like now imagine teams. Imagine like, like, a, like a triple like a triple A, like double league, A. Like minor league yeah. baseball. Yeah. I'm saying imagine I'm saying imagine it wasn't that. And imagine every club PLL club team had like a club team. Every PLL pro team had a club team. And now those kids are playing from 15, 16, 17. They go to college, but now they're still their rights are to that club. Now ULAX becomes yeah. PLL. Yeah. It's already a fuck. It's already a shit show. Co- stop. Copy, stop copyright, copyright that idea, Scotty. Hold on to maybe we'll sell it to the to the Rabel. I need some cash. But, so but I hope I hope you all liked our little dive into the soccer world. Yeah. We're fired up about the, the World Cup and Scotty's fired yeah. up about his show that he's watching. But we have an action-packed episode for you guys. We have a big, big interview with our buddy Matt Rambo. Uh, he was so much fun to talk to. He, he has such a great perspective on the game. Um, and then we got our final breakdowns of the offseason free agency with uh, the Whip Snakes as well as the Cannons. And then finally, we'll talk about some news and updates. I know you know the NLL started. Um, so so let's kick it off. Actually, excuse me. Before we kick it off, let me shout out our sponsors. I know it's Christmas time. It's running a little last minute, but but get your gifts in. Um, get your family some matching rowback gitch. They got some sweet sweatshirts. They got some great golf shirts. Uh, we're always rocking them. Make sure you use promo code RISEUP20. And then we like to shout out our hey, other sponsor. Hey, that, hey, that Danny, sorry, real quick. That code just got two hundred fifty dollars off my uh, my my buddy's order. I mean, he used that code. That code is legit. That code oh, yeah. is big, big hey, yeah. money. Hey man, hey man, Sibs on a roll. Let's sure. let's do it. Yeah, saving Scotty. If you need any Christmas gifts, make sure you use that code so you can save some money so you can take your girl out on a nice date. All right. 
right, now. go back to your thing. <laughs> Our other uh, presenting sponsor we'd love to shout out is Level Select CBD. We're all using it. We love it. It's formulated with premium CBD and complementary active ingredients to deliver results that you can feel. Level Select produces their own premium quality CBD and can deliver the best product to you for the best prices. And it's all backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. We've talked about it. We love the Sleep Aid one that has uh, melatonin in it. They have also one with vitamin C and also some with energy and a little kick off to your day. Um, we love it. Use promo code RISE20 to get 20% off your order of Level Select CBD. And then just one final shout out for, for my boys here, Scotty with his 42 Performance LSC. I know he was down in Houston making building down there, laying down the bricks. And then Greg with his Face Off Academy celebrating the 10-year you guys are the best. I mean, you guys are crushing it. We love it. Oh, Man, I needed that today, brother. Right, I appreciate guys, it. You didn't have to do that. I appreciate that, brother. Of course. I got, I got you guys. And then one final housekeeping. We'd love to say that, you know, we're getting ready to gearing up for our 2023 sponsors. If you want to be involved in our show or you know anybody that could benefit, mutually beneficial uh, relationship, please shoot us a DM and uh, we'll get something cooked up. Hey, Saj, what hat is that? I love it. Movember. Oh yeah, baby! November. Oh, so, can I can I donate to Movember and get that? Yeah, please yeah, get rid of that. Let's be friends hat. Where I do I? Where do I? Yes, let's be friends. So where where, where do I order November? That? You might be able to get one off the Movember website, but they yeah. send it to hey. me for my efforts in uh, hey, November. You know, you, you know where you get this hat? Go on Torch Pro, grab that hat. Absolutely. I'll go to Movember.com. <laughs> All right, guys, let's kick it off uh, to the news and updates. We have the NOL that started this week. Uh, there's Inside Lacrosse is releasing the top 50. Some of the, some of the college lacrosse lines came out. Let's start with the NOL. Um, did you guys tune into any of those games? I saw some pretty cool highlights. I didn't catch any of the games, but yeah, I, think, I definitely want to start tuning in a little bit more to the NOL this year. Blazer, you know, Blaze, Blaze Raid had five goals. I, I know, I saw that. And you know what? They were almost the only goals scored for the Wings, too. It, it, it's it's fucking amazing. That guy amazes me. He's wow. amazing. He, 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 he is as an athlete, you, I don't care what you say about his body, whatever you want to say about him. The guy produces at both levels of the game at the highest level, and he does it. Are you kidding I, me? What are you going to say about Blaze Reardon's body? He is an, a finely tuned athletic machine. Look at that guy. He's a fucking Yo, so I pay attention to the NLL when I can because I love I love indoor. Um, but I, it's just tough for me to keep up with it with – Two little rugrats. Um, but I always try to watch the games where my fellow Faceoff Academy coaches are, co are playing. And there was a civil war going on with literally the two best Faceoff guys in the whole league, Trevor Baptiste and Jake Withers. And they killed each other. They were pretty even. But, dude, Halifax. Couple ice, couple ice bags uh, for both of them, you think? Yo, I texted both of them afterwards. They were like, dude. Um, <laughs> yo, the first, the first game, I don't know how it was for goalies. Or, or attackmen, but like for faceoff guys, the first game of any season, you always are like, your body is re shocked at how much of a beating you take. And I used to remember coming home, ice bags all over me after after the first game every year. And like, it would take like four days for those welts to go away. Halfway through the season, you're calloused over. You don't feel that shit anymore. Right. But Halifax is making a run at it this year, dude. They are loaded. Cody, Cody Jameson, right? Yeah. He's still – I mean, I played with him in Toronto. That dude – I mean, he's a tank. Dude, they are loaded. And, um, you know, I, I'm excited to see what they do this year because, I, I, I mean, I love Wiz. 
Charlie Grusa is, is a good friend too. He's he's close knit with them. I, I I think that they're looking really really good, and and I, I honestly think they have the best unis in the whole in the whole league. You know, you know and being being kind of like Long Island biased because I used to go to the games at the Coliseum. We used to watch Sal Castro, Gordon Purdy, all those guys. Me and my dad would go every weekend, uh, get a thing of curly fries. But watching those like old teams back in the day, New York I, Saints. I want I want to see you know, the New York Saints, man. I want to see the the, the New York was it was in that right. time. Riptide. The Riptide. Titan. Come on. <laughs> you guys are dating yourself. You're not going to – No offense. I, I freaking refuse to call them the Riptide. I know. There right. are, there's an infinite amount of names they could have used. And they used a team that was already an MLL team. Dude, Titans was sick. Titans was sick. The Saints. Dude, anything. With the, anything but the Lizards. With the, with, the, with the St. Bernard. The St. Bernard was the – uh, Yeah, yo, that logo was sick. It was sick. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Uh, the Riptide have one of the best deals going. You get two tickets. It comes with two soft drinks and two hot dogs for 25 bucks. And I'll get hey, my ass out hey, to the call. How many sizes all over? I'm looking at NLC. <laughs> how many beers did that come with for you? Uh, zero. I mean, you get the soft drinks and you get the base level in before you, start, before you start cranking the – the 24 ounce Bud Light, and then you go, to, and then you walk across the street. You go to McKeebs Penny Beers, just hammer it. Wow! Yeah, and then that. you pass out at Nassau Coliseum. <laughs> I mean, uh, Nassau Community College. Yeah, well, we can't call it Nassau College. Is it still Nassau Coliseum? Yeah, it's still Nassau Coliseum, right? They, Unless today, it's the Coliseum in Nassau. So yeah, I don't it think, they, like I don't think yeah. they play at the UBS Stadium. That's something. But that's yeah. listen. I'm looking for them to have success. I, I just feel like new teams in that league. It's hard to battle some of the established ownership. Because uh, some of those teams are ran so well, like yeah. some of those, like Denver's ran well. I mean, Colorado. Um, you know, those teams are ran like really good franchises. Well, just- a lot of hockey owners also invested in these franchises, which makes sense, right? Um, I remember growing up, we would anybody who had season tickets for the Flyers would get Wings tickets in, with their package. So all the Flyers fans would go to Wings games on Friday nights, and all the high school kids would be in the parking lot with their iced teas, getting ready to go in there too. And that was what you did in Delco and Philly on Friday nights as you went to Wings games. It was the shit. Yeah, no, we're going to keep an eye on it. I know we talked to uh, Matt about uh, his Wings team, and he's pumped up for uh, his trip out to Vegas. I'm excited to see how that Vegas team takes off. I'm sure they're going to get a crowd in there. They're my favorite team right now. They have so many coming in every weekend. But um, we'll keep an eye on that. We'll keep you guys updated. We'll get some guys on the show that can talk uh, a little bit more a little bit more educated on the topic. I'd say some people that you know live and breathe NOL for our listeners out there. And then, guys, just switching gears a little bit. I know um, the PLL is releasing their annual top 50 list. Uh, if you guys want to touch on this a little bit, I know it's voted on by the players, correct? Um, and I think we are, we're about halfway – there at this point of the recording, it's nice to see some guys get recognition. Um, but you know, take much validity in it. How how does it work? I never took any validity. I I, I think it's pretty. It, it's yeah, you can tell based on I guess who had a good season or so. But like, it usually tells you who's popular on their own teams. You know, and how because we all would always get those emails like, hey, fill this out, fill this out, and you would be able to tell like you're like, dude, I'm not going to sit here and name 50 guys. Right, like, I got work to do. So they, right. they would no. have you. It wasn't like a Google sheet that you could just click. click. No, dude. Like, well, I don't know how they do it now, but the MLL, right. that's how they did it. Right. And yes. nobody filled it out. So the guys who are at the top, you're like, okay, their team, that's the team where the most guys filled it out. Um, 
I never put any stock in it. I think it's cute because I think it's something that gives you a little bit of bandwidth on social to keep people talking. Um, but I'm not going to, you know, I don't know any kids that I coach or anybody who's a fan is going to be like, oh, my God, Trevor's up to number three. Like, it's like, yo, he was MVP last yeah. year. Like, it's, also, it's, a, it's also like position stuff too. Like, I always think goalies, I'm more biased probably, but we just hey, know. Blazers rating number one. Yeah, Blazers should be. I think every kid's like a household name now. Kids are saying, I want to be like Blazers Reardon, which is awesome. I also think, listen, it's just a tough thing because, like, you kind of know the names. It's good for those guys that are in that 30 to 20 range that are getting bumped up a little bit. I was just going to say, I, the most recent rankings, I think Charlie Bertrand was 28, and I think that's fucking awesome. Like, he had yeah. Yeah, I, I will say this, Sibes, is it shows you how respected guys are on their teams, for sure. Yeah, and we gassed him up all year long how important he was for the Redwoods. So it's great seeing his peers recognize that. Yeah, um, big but, time, big time future for him. Totally, and and he's killing it in, in the box game too. So it's cool seeing seeing him watching him play. Um, last kind of housekeeping for news and updates: college lacrosse. I mean, it's, it's right around the corner. I'm excited for this. We got some lines that came out. The favorite to win the national champion. Ship is Maryland. I mean, they were a wagon last year, undefeated, eighteen and zero. Um, and then I think that's interesting. The the second uh, team with the best odds to win is Notre Dame, who didn't even make the tournament last year, which was quite the snub. Um, a lot of people were upset that they got they got ripped. So I'm excited for the college season. Yeah, listen, at Notre Dame. We the expectation we have there is, is obviously based on you know we have to do so. I, I, I'm one of those people too. I didn't win a national championship. We just got right to the cusp of it. Um, I know as an alumni, it would be nice to see it happen. I think we put a lot of recruiting. Our recruits are top-notch. Like, I don't think we had an ACC-style defenseman um, when I was there or those kind of athletes, and we built that, right? So, I mean, to get that, I think they just got the transfer from uh, Chris Fink, right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, that kid looks like Tucker Durkin 2.0. I mean, Tucker, you are the GOAT, but he is built like a freaking shithouse. I Dude, what's insane is I played against Chris Fake in college. Like he's oh, still there. So, oh, so, oh, so he's thirty. He's still there, and like <laughs> don't I, get I've, been, I've been out of college for a little bit now. How old is I he? I think I think I think a lot of these guys. I mean, Notre Dame is loaded, and I I think that's a very I think them being second on that list is absolutely correct. So we never hey, we never when I was there. I'm not going to go too much on a tangent, but we never took um, transfers. It wasn't like our thing. It's a different world now, though, man. Right? Because, like, he didn't even try to get him, A, because he was like, I don't know if the academics will fit. And, B, I mean, if he, I think he learned after I graduated. If I fit, we could probably get some guys in from uh, Yale uh, to come. So, I, I think, listen, it's just a different time. And now, like you said, Greg, you could do that. Listen, if you with the that extra year guy, if you could get a good player, man, go. Well, you have to because the transfer portal is part of your recruiting now. It's, it's a part of recruiting. And the blanket waiver that the NCAA gave in 2020, like, just totally screwed everything up for years. The effects is insane. Um, and it was totally a typical NCAA move. Just yeah. lazy bullshit. Absolutely just like, oh, 10 people are going to yell at us. Let's fuck over 7,000 people. Um, yeah. But because of that, you have a lot of kids who had an extra year of eligibility. And, oh, this my school only allows you to stay here if you're this major or if you're this kind of master's degree or whatever. So it gives kids that extra year, and there's a lot of movement. Ohio State crushed the transfer portal this year. They added, like, three All-Americans. I mean, that's not a hard sell. Like I said, like, there's some schools, Notre Dame, 
Ohio State. So any of the big like I'm still amazed at Michigan at how the fuck they just aren't. That's not a hard sell either, man. That's a. I don't know. I'm, I'm saying like they should be. They should be up in the top ten by now. The way yeah, yeah. their facilities. You got to give it time, though, man. You're talking about. I mean, that's a serious build. I, they weren't. They were out of nowhere. They were a club team still not that long ago. Well, dude, I, mean, they, I think they. Dude, they, I was they at Marquette. I'm gonna fight a little bit. I'm gonna fight them on this. They fumbled a little bit off the bat. I think keeping the club coach and not maybe going for a big name that they could. have. Yes, used. but I I respect everybody involved with making that yes. decision. Because he's yes. the one who got them. John Paul, John Paul got that thing up. Yes. And so and John used to even joke. He'd be like, "Wow, I, I really did a lot of work to lose my job." Um, <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I, he I fundraised that whole thing, right? He fundraised from. He's still a, di- a diehard Michigan fan, and yeah, he's awesome. Exactly. So, but yeah, I think college season coming along. Obviously, the hype train's there. The hype train for the Syracuse freshmen. I'm, I'm just going to say, yeah. Sure. I was just talking to uh, Paul Monica. Shout out to my boy Paul Monica from Scarsdale, who just. He made the team as a walk-on for their first yeah. position. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, and he was talking about how, you know, I was asking, I was like, how's Joey doing? Because, I mean, Joey Spillina used to, I mean, Joe was my coach. His dad was my coach at the Lizards. Joey grew up at Lizards games, yeah. right in corners by himself yeah. in the corner practice. He's like, dude, Joey's Joey. He's exactly who we thought he was going to be. And Good. Um, he's like, but we have enough seasoned vets where we don't need Joey Spillina to come in as a freshman and take over a game. Um, and I think the people don't understand because they see the highlights of the bat behind the back shit. Joey's vision is phenomenal. And if you give him the quarterback keys, mm-hmm. he is going to find people. He's got great vision. Um, and, and I just actually just talked to Coach Petro yesterday about, uh, you know, uh, a kid. And you could feel the energy in his voice. And when Coach Petro has that energy going, you know, something's cooking. You got two head coaches there, right? I mean, you got, you got two guys that. Could at any time could defer. Like it's yeah. like well, Gary is, but Gary is very much a manager. It seems based on what I've yeah. been told from the kids. So, like he sits back, he analyzes, and Petro is very much the aggressive, like mouthpiece that kids follow. You want to hear? Uh, good, you want to hear? Great. Good. It seems to be a good uh, team up right there. You guys, before we move on, I know we're talking, but you want to hear a good Gary Gates story real quick? He was my coach in. Uh, he was my coach for the Toronto ha- uh, Nationals. Him and Reggie Thorpe, two years. Oh, two beauties. Dude, Gary Gate, we go into a halftime. Kevin Crowley's rookie year. He's the, ne- he's the next Canadian great. Got everything. He goes yelling at him. He just draw- I've never seen him yell. He goes, Kevin, you got to split the double team, fake the BTB, and bury it with a twister. And Kevin's looking at him like, hey, Gary, I'm not you, brother. <laughs> I I'm like, yeah, he's not right, you know? <laughs> you just got to. Truck stick everyone in air, get it. He's like, dude, you did that. That's why you're you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, like I mentioned, I'm so pumped. I I can't wait. I hope we do uh, some sort of pick them like we did for the the PLL. Maybe I can win again. Probably going to win again. But uh, we can do our national championship picks, and we'll give a more in-depth preview of the college season as it gets a little bit closer. Um just a reminder, we'll do that at the new year. We'll get back to our weekly episode cadence. We're, we're super excited. And before we get into our interview uh, with Matt Rambo, uh, and then after that, we'll get into our, our off-season moves for the Whipstakes and Cannons. I want to give the floor to Greg. Um, you know, he, he shouted out my hat for November. I talked about this a few episodes ago, how uh, I'm so passionate about the Movember Foundation, who raises funds for men's health awareness and uh, – just men's health in general. And I, I want to give the floor to Greg who has something to talk about. Yeah. Appreciate it, man. Um, 
So this past weekend, uh, Gordon Corsetti, who was one of the heads of officials education at USA Lacrosse, um, phenomenal human being, someone that anybody who ever met Gordon uh, respected, loved, immediately liked him. He was one of the most likable people you could ever meet. Gordon struggled with depression for a very long time. And instead of dealing with it just himself, Gordon decided to put it on a public display and talk about it and help other people along the way. And and I don't know exactly the number of how many people he saved along that way. And I don't know how many people are going to be saved because of him. But unfortunately, we lost Gordon um, on Friday. And uh, he was just a warm, kind human being and somebody that if you have ever met him for more than 10 seconds, you know that he was genuine and loved. And... Um, you know, we're, we're going to miss you, Gordon. So if you're listening, buddy, we love you. And um, thank you for just being touching so many lives while you were here. Yeah. I mean, Greg, I, that, that's I mean, I, he's going to change a lot of lives. And I know he did. I think this is a big thing for us going through. Uh, and, and like I said, this is all young kids now dealing with it. Uh, mental health is no joke. Uh, I, I can tell you personally, I've been through a little bit of my own stuff. You know, I would call it anxiety and depression. I used to be able to work it out in the gym. Um, and also get the fix with playing. And I know for me personally, losing the playing piece, um, not the way I wanted to do it, it led to a little more on my plate on the anxiety and depression route, which I never really looked at. Um, so for me, it's a real deal, folks. I, I, I'm not one of those people that uh, say it's like one of those things. That, you know, some people are like, oh, it's, well, stop, stop talking about that. It's not real. No, that's real. Like that's a real thing. Your mental, how you're feeling, if you don't feel right, you have to talk to somebody. And you have to- I also think, Scotty, it's important. We need to do a better job. And I've, I was on the phone all day with people that I really respect, mindfulness experts like Emily Perrin. Um, I was talking to a couple other people. And you were part of the group chat where I was saying, you know, maybe we can come together and help athletes in general. Um, because it seems like we say the, the word, we say the phrase mental health, mental health. And people, yeah, yeah, your mentals should be good, I guess. I don't know. But there, a lot of people have... You know, you and I, we we dealt with some depression ourselves because when we retired, we didn't know where we fit anymore because your identity has gone. That's the word. You identify as an athlete and all of a sudden you're not and it gets real cold on that side of the wall. And that's one thing. And it feels like there's no in-between between feeling a little depressed and calling the suicide hotline. And it feels like for a lot of these kids, especially in today's age, man, where it's not as simple as it used to be, right? Like my problems growing up as a kid were right in front of me. Mm-hmm. My world was my town and my my school and my parents and their and my friends' parents. Now I'm worried as a father. I have a six year old who's asking for a phone already. A kid from Kentucky could pop up on his Instagram one day and say something that could ruin my child's life. Yep, and I have no control over that. I deal with athletes on a daily basis as face-off as a face-off coach where they can't deal with losing face-offs and dealing with loss as an athlete mm-hmm. is such a important part of, of, of learning who you are and how to deal with it. So you can bounce back and become a better, stronger person. I think we need to do a better job as role models. We need to do a better job as people that are in, in the public space to let kids know that not that Instagram, social media, you're seeing somebody's it's highlight. It's the fucking highlight of somebody's life. Yes. My life is very complicated. Everyone's yeah. is. And we don't live in a world where people can just say, 
I'm going to work hard and be nice to people. It's not that simple. It should be, but it's not. So if you need help, if you need to talk to somebody, yes, I would say on the other thing, and this is where, this is the part of, of within me who selfishly I'm battling with mm-hmm. is I was close with Gordon. We spoke on a very regular basis when he was at USA lacrosse. I feel tremendous guilt for letting that time go by further from our communications after he left USA lacrosse. Um, so in your life with somebody, if you know somebody who has any bouts with that stuff, check in, check in, you have a friend who's going through something, check in. Hey, listen, I'm going to give you a personal example here. I know seems I'm going off here, but this is important for us. I mean, Greg and I, we hold this pretty dear to us because uh, we've experienced it. It's, it's something like something as easy as Greg calling me the other day, right? Greg calls me the other day. My mom's in the hospital. I'm dealing with some shit. You know what? A good friend, he is, calls me up and goes, yeah, how you doing? You know, we got tons of shit going on in our lives. Moving. He's got kids. I got, you know, I'm, I got my shit going on. It doesn't take much time. It took 30 seconds. It took 30 seconds for him to say, hey, you're all right. And listen, we're, me and him are both big, strong fucking guys, right? We're big, strong guys. We have, uh, you know, this big exterior. At the end of the day, I want people to know. And I'm, I'm telling you from a guy who's been through it, I there's you're not a tough guy if you keep those feelings in. You're not a tough guy. You're actually helping. You're hurting yourself. And I've been through it. The, the best thing I've done is talk to my my father. I've talked to you know and be vulnerable and share these things. And I tell you, when even talking, you're just like, oh, God, we're, that feels. We're bad. we're all human at the end of the day. Um, our prayers are with Gordon and his family. And like these guys said, you know, check in with your friends. Mm-hmm. Give them a call. And then, you know, if you're going through it yourself, it's okay to, to feel not okay. Reach out for help. Um, everyone has, you know, someone, people will be there for you. And I'm glad, Greg, we, we, I'm glad you brought this up because it's so important. And it's coming off the month of November where, you know, I was pushing to raise money for, uh, men's health, which includes, I, I mean, I went through something a little bit different, but, you know, the Movember Foundation does it for mental health, for prostate cancer, for testicular cancer, those, you know, big health issues that really affect men. So I'm really sure. glad we talked about it um, and really appreciate it. Hope you guys, the listeners, really, really took something out of this. And without further ado, I would like to turn it over to our interview with Matt Rambo. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. Matt Rambo, member of the Whipsnakes Lacrosse Club and the Philadelphia Wings, former Maryland Terrapin. Welcome to the pod, man. We're, we're pumped to have you on. Thanks for having me, boys. I've been watching What's you up? guys for a while now. What's up, my thick son? <laughs> I'm your father. Don't forget that. Uh, uh, no, we uh no, I'm pumped, I'm pumped to have you, man. One of my one of my favorite people in the sport. You know, you're kind of similar to myself. We're kind of known as like simple guys, lunch pail guys. I know you grew up. I love that about you. Um just talk to me a little bit, just start. Like talk to me about, you know, how you came into the game and like how you know a little bit about your upbringing, how you started. I like to hear a little origin story of how you created what we call the Matt Rambo legend. Oh, yeah. Uh, I grew up in Philadelphia. Um, and my dad was a super young dad. He had my brother and me at uh, 18 and 21, and he played lacrosse uh, at Abington High School. And he was going to uh, play football at Albright and transfer to Drexel to play lacrosse. But he had my brother along, and, uh, you know, he loved the sport, and we all fell in love with the sport with him. Uh, growing up, I played football, I wrestled, I played soccer. But, you know, there's something about lacrosse that I just fell in love more than any other sport. And, 
you know, the area that I'm from, and there's so many great guys that came out of that uh, area, Ryan Ambler, Austin Pafani, um, you know, the Foresters. There's just so many people that are just, you know, legends over in that area. I can go on and on and on about, you know, the greats there. And I just looked up to so many guys, went to so many games, and, you know, that was, that was my life coming home from school not even doing homework, going right into the backyard until my mom had to pull me in. So, you know, that's how I kind of grew up playing. And I'm from a blue-collar family, so nothing was easy around me. It was a different time back then, man. Your parents used to have to make us come in and eat dinner instead of telling us to get off our phones and go outside. Hold oh, it's, cra- Maddie, it's crazy. I Maddie, don't remember think that. Of, th- thinking about what you just said, right? I, I always re- – like, I think of, like, players now that I kind of – relate to players in the past. And I, I can't stop thinking about the comparison with Brendan Mundorf, right? I think you play very similar. Like he's built, built like thick like that dodge kind of fearlessly, you know, power, but you also have a little finesse to that game played indoor American played indoor having success. What kind of like, what, who do you model? Who do you always like? Look, who do you watch growing up? Uh, well, when I was younger, I was a little bit quicker and I could just juke <laughs> around people a little bit more. Uh, but growing up, I, I used to watch, uh, I mean, I think everyone used to watch Mikey Powell highlights and we were just talking about that last night. I was with Kyle Harrison and we were talking about his highlights and, you know, we wish he played in the pros and see what he could have done. Um, I used to watch him. I used to love watching John Grant Jr. and the Gate brothers do all their crazy stuff. I mean, John Grant, he used to do some crazy stuff with behind the backs, and he's a big, thick guy too. So, um, you know, I, I just tried to just kind of be my own player at the same time. Um, you know, I was not as fast as Mikey Powell, and I could I wasn't bodying people up in high school like John Grant Jr. was doing when I used to watch him. So, uh, you know, just trying to just make my own thing going and using my body as an advantage, using my quickness as an advantage, and just, you know, just learning from everyone and, Especially at Maryland, Coach Tillman helped me out so much, evolve my game from just being a shooter to, you know, being a passer as well. Yeah, it's interesting you bring up Junior because in my career, there are – you are one of two people where at the end of the game when they get the ball, I would kind of just be like, shit. And when Junior, you would get the ball at the end of the game, you're just like you're – so, you're so scared because you're like unless the person he feeds it to – drops it or the art goalie guesses co- totally correctly this this shit's a wrap and same thing with you i mean for people who don't know at home matt rambo personally retired me and it was very oh, nice man. of him to do that um, <laughs> but i remember i remember the 2019 championship game where we get we get ahead and everyone start you know people from the pl come over to like where are your parents sitting we're gonna bring them down I'm like dude the game's not over yet are you kidding me and then oh, yeah. when you got the ball back with like, I don't know how, like four seconds left, you got right. the ball in your hands. And I almost started walking towards the box to take the next draw because I was like, it's a wrap. What, where does that mentality come from you just being a closer? Like, is it from experience or were you just born with that? I think it's something you're just kind of born with. I don't think people you can't just be like, I'm clutch and you learned it from someone. I mean, yeah. I like the big moments and, you know, I thought that moment was kind of, you know, a little bit more home for me and probably for you as well, just being in Philly. Uh, you know, I had so many family and friends there. And, uh, you know, the first PLL championship, the adrenaline was going crazy. Like, 
I remember right after the game, I was telling my dad, I was like, I don't even remember how I scored the last two goals because adrenaline was so crazy. Nuts. And I'm sure, like, you don't even remember that face-off going on. Like, it was just so remember, crazy going on. I don't remember. I just remember existing in that game. I, you're right because it was in Philly. I remember my old ass had, like, an extra gear that day playing in front of that right. crowd. But you're right, man. It, I liken it to – I tell people, like, when you get married, you plan for so long – And then all of a sudden it goes by in a second and you're sitting there like, what the hell just happened? Same thing in that game. It was crazy. I know it was a memorable moment. I just don't remember much of it. (laughs) And that crowd was electric there too. That crowd was crazy. One of the best crowds I played in. I remember remember that game that I I remember leaving that game being like PLL is absolutely not going anywhere. Like that is, that was a definitive moment for me with that, with those stands and those people gave a shit. I was like, yo, they just came up with the team names like nine months ago. And here we are, people like diehards cheering for teams. It was it was awesome. Yo, oh, man. Matt, Matty, I, I've been begging to ask you, like, it, it, do you ever feel, because I feel like sometimes in our league that, that we highlight a lot of individual talent, right? There is young talent. There's guys that could definitely, you know, we had, uh, what's his name on? What's, uh, Mikey Sowers on. And uh, Listen, he, he's explosive. He's dynamic, right? But when I think of you, yeah. man, I think you get underappreciated sometimes because you can kind of defer sometimes, right? Like sometimes I, I think for a superstar player to give and trust his teammates to make the play because you know all the attention's on yourself and maybe you don't have to press. You think that's a kind of like a piece of your game where you have Zed, you you trust Zed, you trust Jay in there to catch that feed. Is it something where you feel like you don't need to do it all all the time? I mean, we we – we have a great defense, so it gives us a lot of pressure off, I think, our offense a lot. You know, having Earhart and, you know, the three boys back there, and then having, like, Ty Warner and Jake that just been together for since the beginning of the PLL, and they all played together in college, you know, behind Kyle. So, uh, you know, they give us a lot of pressure off. Narge is so good at the X that, um, you know, he wins so many draws, at least over 60%. But then he also is a threat coming down the field, which yeah. is which awesome for us. But you know, on the offense end, you know, you know, we don't want to be that flashy team, and I think that's been like our motto. And I think a lot of teams have been kind of like going off the whip snakes motto, just you know, hit singles, make the right play. It's the pros and everything, but the simple plays are usually ones that work the best, not the home yeah. run plays. And I think a lot of people are trying to take our motto from that, and you know. Our motto or model, whatever you want to call it, it works. And I think more and more teams are doing it. And, you know, the teams with the least amount of turnovers are probably going to win the game. The team with the higher, more ground balls and higher shot percentage are going to win the game. And, you know, it's not always about the, you know, the first shots of the best shot could stag say. So, you know, if I have one goal, if I have 10 goals, it doesn't matter. We just got to win the game. And, you know, that's all we're trying to do because – no one gives a shit about MVPs, really. No one cares if you want an MVP. You know, it, it's it's special to win an MVP, but a trophy with your team means a lot more. What you like? You just talked about Stags. I know that relationship. I know you personally, and I know Stags personally. I know, you know, there's definitely times where you're not just taking it, right? You definitely can have some feedback for them. You're a grown adult, so I know how that is. It, it's definitely is Stags' style of coaching. Um, have you guys grown together about like your relationship, how, how you got to respond to him? Well, I think, 
you know, our relationship compared to, you know, I think me and Channy are the only ones that I, I've been with Stags my whole life in the pros. I was with him in Charlotte and I'm with him with the Whip Snakes. And it's more like, you know, people are like a father, son. Yeah, we bump heads. We yell at each other sometimes, but it's not like negative stuff. It's just that we're so both so competitive. And, you know, you kind of see it with like Tom Brady do it all the time. You know, he's yelling at his guy. Sometimes, you know, we're grown adults. Sometimes you got to, you know, I think Stags knows too. Sometimes when he yells at me, he gives me an extra gear. And I think that goes with a bunch of us athletes. You know, some people don't like to be yelled at. I'm one of the guys that, you know, I kind of gives me an extra boost when a coach is yelling at me a yeah. little bit more. And, you know, at the end of the game, if we yell at each other at a huddle or two, it's not really personal. It's just, you know, he might just tell me to shut up and let him talk for a second. Like, it's nothing personal. Like, after the game, you know, he's awesome. I live down in Florida. His son went to JU. We used to go to dinner all the time. We used to, we still talk all the time. He wishes me good luck for my indoor game. So our relationship is tighter than ever. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't want it any other way. I wouldn't want him not to yell at me. And sometimes, you know, he has to – I feel like coaches hear feedback from their players too. You know, it would be different if my high school kids are yelling at me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think we both have such great respect for each other. And that's why I love him and I love all our coaches. I think you yeah. bring up a great point there because one of my favorite clips was when – I don't remember which year it was, but I think you took a shot and you and you know you had some lip for each other on the field. Wow. And I wasn't sure if you know some people were like, "Oh, why is he yelling at his coach?" But it just showed, like you said, how competitive both of you guys are and how much you guys care. Like you, when when you're driving to the cage, you know you're not going to take the shot unless you think you're going to score. Like you're thinking you're going to pot that. So it just that was, was the worst. Shot. That was our worst game ever. That was in San Francisco or San Jose, and the Chrome. They weren't that good the first year, and we were getting pumped by them. It was like 18 to 2, and I, I think I shot a bad shot. And, you know, everyone's body language is bad. Everyone's all tight. We couldn't score. Defense couldn't stop it. Kyle couldn't stop a ball. Dan Morris couldn't stop a ball. We couldn't win a face-off. It was a disaster of a day. So I think everyone was just a little bit heated. <laughs> It's like a, it's like a, it's like any like relationship, man. It's like a girlfriend or a marriage or a wife. Like you're gonna fight, right? It's like at some point you're gonna bump heads. You've been together for what seven, eight years? Not you. You're being boo loving on Instagram yeah. with your girl all the time now. <laughs> right now, I get, I get it. Just enough your fault. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Don't worry about Kissing that. Kissing on Instagram, laying with where's, your boo. Where's Grace at, boy? She's on. <laughs> Shut your mouth now, boy. You know, Matt, what you're saying, and we talk about it all the time, like hopefully some kids are listening to our podcast with their parents, let them. But like, it's refreshing to hear for these kids to hear this because we are in a generation right now where people can't take it. They can give it, but they can't take it. And I think for for kids to hear that a PLL champion, MVP, um, you know, needs to be coached and needs out fire lit under his ass. Sometimes they have to understand that that's just part, that's just what part of being an athlete is, but it also talks to stags about, we talk about this all the time on this show, the ability to coach men as opposed to coaching high school or college kids is so vital as a professional level uh, lacrosse coach. And some guys can't make that transition. And stag certainly has because he respects guys. He'll, he'll coach you. He'll yell at you, but he, you can tell that there's respect there. He doesn't belittle any of his players. Um, right. He also listens. 
Yeah, he's great. I think it's definitely hard to coach the professional. I mean, PT Richie is a pretty young coach too, and uh, and he has to coach our defense that's been together forever. But yeah, I think it's way tougher, and especially nowadays. Like, I coach a high school down in Florida, and there's certain kids that like to be yelled at. Usually, like more of my football kids like to be yelled at, and then there's other kids that I got to be like, hey, you know, Johnny, <laughs> it's okay. Sometimes. And I'm like, yo. I'm not doing that anymore. You're going to get yelled at. <laughs> it's, those kids play, it's those kids that you're playing golf with their dads. It's those kids that you get yelled at. Uh, yeah. We're going into this free agency period here. Tell us about the culture of the Whip Snakes. Tell us about you know what you see writing on the wall-wise. Like, Why is it hard for guys to lead us? Other than, obviously, you guys have won championships together. But what, is it, what does it make you guys – what's the unity like? You know, I think everyone's always like, it's all Maryland guys. But when you look at the squad now, it's not all Maryland guys. Um, I just think that we're just such a tight group like, you know, other teams I played on. Like when we're done practice on Friday night, we're playing cards. Like there's like a big group of us. We're playing Boo-Ray. We're playing cards with everyone. Or we're watching games together. We're not just like everyone going their bed, going to sleep. Like, no, we're hanging out together. Um, after games, we go and hang out. I think that's such a big thing in pro sports is, especially for our sport, like we don't see each other every single day. So after games, win or lose, if we can go out together as a team, that's just going to build chemistry and it's going to build bonding up. And you don't have to drink. You can just come out and hang out. Come get, you know, come downstairs in the lobby and hang out with everyone for, you know, a good hour. You know, that's that's what we like to do. We like to get everyone involved. We don't, you know, exile anyone out. Everyone's invited everywhere. And at the same time, you know, we have great captains. Earhart and Jake are just so powerful leaders that, you know, they can move people and, you know, our expectation is super high everything every year just because we've been, you know, at the, every single spot, you know, we won championships, we lost championships, we got knocked out last year. Um, you know, so we just have a standard now and, you know, you don't meet the standard. You're going to hear it during the week. Like you got it like this, this year in the beginning of the year, you know, the first half I played all right. Stags called me. We had like a couple bye weeks and he's like, get your ass in the next two weeks and you got to run and shoot more. And I listened to him and I had a very good, great second half of the season. And, you know, that's our standard. You got to meet our standard or we're going to bring other guys in. But um, I just think, you know, and, and it goes to the motto of like hit singles. Don't do too much. You know, if the guy's wide open, pass him the ball. You know, if you got to take a shot and jump in front of a ball, take a shot. You know, don't don't go over the head at goal line. Just play smart. <laughs> it's just like back to basic you know, because the shot clock is so short, just hitting the right plays or playing the right defense. Because once that shot clock gets to 10, it gets a little, you know, antsy around on the yeah. offense or the defense. Yeah. So just playing smart. Just play smart lacrosse. Well, you're also you're also speaking to why a high school lacrosse game in the spring is much better to watch than a all-star game or, you know, maybe one of these showcases that happens during the summer when they just throw a bunch of studs out there. Because in those showcases, kids are trying to make it on Instagram. They're trying to impress people with what they can do. Whereas if everybody just knows their role in the spring, everybody looks good when you're winning because everybody's scoring, everybody's making plays. So, you know, your mentality, of course, it's going to trickle down. And I feel like 
the whip snakes that first year and that second year, especially in the bubble started setting a tone for people where they're like, yo, this is a business now. Like this is serious. And if you don't come to play as a team, as a squad, and you don't take it seriously, this is no, you know, look, I'll be honest. I love the MLL, but there was times where you'd get away with acting like a jackass on the field. <laughs> oh, absolutely. In the PLL, there's no wiggle room. The games are too short. The field is too small and the shot clock is too fast. And the other thing too is, I mean, the bottleneck of talent that can't make it into the league. Like oh, you could yeah. take an entire group of guys who never sniffed the PLL and go probably win a gold medal in the FIL. So, yeah. you know, as we're looking at that, how does that competitive nature every week feel when you guys are hitting practice before a game for the guys who are dressing and aren't? Yeah, we, we have a great, you know, like I keep talking about our motto or our model, whatever you want to base off. Like you got a wedding during the season, you're not going to the <laughs> wedding. Like you want to be a pro, a pro athlete, this is it. You think, you know, Jalen Hurts is going to skip a game because he has, you know, his second cousin's wedding. No, he's not doing that. Like, and if it's your brother or someone, they should know better not to have a wedding in the summer. So, um, you know, that's that's one thing that was different from the MLL. I remember people used to like miss games all the time. Oh, I got a wedding. I got a wedding this week. It was like I I felt like a a rarity there. Just like I missed probably 13 weddings in my career playing 10 years in the MLL. And I'm like, yeah, some of us were outliers because we took it seriously like a career. It was like it was it was like me, Greg, Kyle Harrison, Hearts, Raves, like the old heads, Joey Walters. We're all sitting there, and we're like, I'm missing a wedding. My buddy's like, you're missing a wedding for 400 bucks. I said. That's not the point, though, right? Like, the point is, the sacrifice of the thing is, how, how many years are you going to play pro? 10, 12 years, whatever, max. I was lucky to play as long as I did. Greg, you played long, right? Maddie, you're still doing it, right? You're a vet now. I mean, there is sacrifice if you want to be great, if you want to win those championships. I just don't know if the MLL sometimes, some guys will afford Well, you can't have it both ways, right? We want – we desperately – one of the reasons this podcast exists is we desperately want the PLL to reach that level. But guys don't get paid that amount of money, and it doesn't reach that level of sacrifices are made. So if you want to be a professional athlete, you got to act like one. And then hopefully, if you act like one long enough, you get paid like one. Um, and this thing reaches the the spot where we all think it can. So I, I you know, tell me a, about that PLL atmosphere because we experienced, I experienced one year of it. But watching where it's going, watching where it's where it's come to right now, um, tell us about the rise of this of how it feels to be a professional now. Yeah, I mean, between both leagues with the PLL and the NLL, the PLL does such a great job of making you feel like a professional athlete, like a superstar with their social media, with, you know, the games on. Um, I think that ESPN, is it was a huge deal for us. Um, so I think that aspect of it is great. And I think, you know, they're starting to lock down cities now. Like, I think year one, they picked a bunch of cities and now we're returning to all of them and we're getting, you know, big crowds. And, you know, we don't have to go to, you know, 40,000 person stadiums and sell it out. No, let's go to these 10,000 person stadiums, sell it out. And if you don't get tickets, that's your fault. Sell the 10,000 tickets out. It's tighter, it's louder, and it's better. And it's packed instead of going to somewhere else where they're probably spending a boatload of money where they're not filling half of it up. And you know what? It's a summer sport right now. And uh, 
you know, a lot of people have vacation. It's hard to come to games. So when we can pack these 10,000 st- uh, person stadiums out, it's huge. And, you know, what they do on the back end with the sponsorship with like champion and, you know, they, they hook us up with a bunch of gear and, you know, the, the training facilities like are awesome. Our trainers are awesome. Um, you know, it's definitely a more professional, like I didn't do film in MLL. Now I do film, you know, once or twice a week when we're in season. So it's just a way better feel. Um, it, it's just awesome. And it, the pitchers before the bus, it's just like they're taking so many different professionals. Basketball, they take pitchers before the bus. We have like the walkout, like the, you know, European soccer. So I think you're just mixing a bunch of professional sports motto and putting it in ours. And, you know, one of these years it's going to blow up, blow up. And, you know, I'm excited if I can be a part of it or – I'm excited to just be one of the guys that were, you know, the first guys to play in the, the uh, PLL. So I think it's here to stay. And, you know, I'm excited to see if they're ever going to go city base. Yeah. Matt, I mean, Matt, we, we talked about the NLL a bit. I know that's a big part of your life and that must kind of be hard for you. What, I mean, like, what is, what's your off season? You have a two month gap of like golf. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I live in Florida, so I can go off every day. It's, seven, it's 77. It's sunny right now. I play pickleball, pickleball uh, today. But no, it, you know, the off seasons are short. October, half of November, May, you know, it's just short. And, you know, it keeps me in shape. You know, sometimes I wish I played only one of them. So I could have a full off season where I can get a full lifting in, a full speed and agility. But this thing keeps me in shape all the time. I'm still running once or twice a week now. You know, I think earlier in my career, I didn't do it as much, but now I'm getting older. I'm like, yo, I got to stay in shape. And I've yeah. been in better shape now that I feel like I was in younger gotcha. and like early prefer, uh, earlier in my career. So, you know, it's just a balance of life. It's definitely difficult traveling, but, um, you know, I play for Philadelphia. So for the NLL, so I get to go home and my family and friends are there you know, Grace is from there too. So she can go see her family. So it's a good mixture of stuff. And, uh, you know, the NLL game just, it just made my game so much more from being in the MLL. Then I went right in the NLL and the PLL. My game went up. My stick skills got better. My shooting got better. My vision got better. My body, you know, be able to feel pressure got better. And the atmosphere NLL games are crazy. So, yeah, I mean, that, those are, those are two things I feel like you said, it's hard to, it's hard to get rid of the NLL if you already do. Cause I, I, even me just messing around, you know, having a cup of coffee with the swarm out there, just seeing like those rinks, the way they pack out, seeing uh, the, the atmosphere there. And then also, obviously, like you said, it's, it's the competitive, it's a different game. But like, do you, what do you think? I mean, is the NLL for you, it's like that model of a city based model. I miss that. I, I, I liked going to Ohio. I loved going, we played in the MLL. I went to Ohio for five years, checked into my hotel, same lady for five years, saying, hey, Scotty, here's your key. You know, like, just the, the fans, you know what I mean? Like, do you miss that to go into the PLL, you think? I think, you know, especially Philly. Philly's indoor league, indoor team has been together for like 30 years now. So we have fans that were there 30 years ago, crazy fans. <laughs> Dude, I grew up on Friday night. Wing, wing games, yeah. Yeah, they were nuts. They were awesome. They used to pack, I think, probably the Spectrum when you were younger. And there was like 25,000 people there. And now we I'm still not, get 10 to 12. Matt, you know, uh, yeah, Wachovia Center. That's Wachovia what. Center. There's still <laughs> no, 20,000 like, people. Dallas Iliac. Yeah, Dallas Iliac. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was sick. I watched it. It's just different. I do like the city model. Like, you go to the city, 
you know, after we see some of her boys and, you know, the spots that we're going to go to, but the, the fans are just crazy. Like, you go up to Buffalo, you know they're packing, like, 17,000 fans. Or you go over to Colorado, they're packing 14. You go to Saskatchewan, it's packed. Like, we, I just played in Halifax. There was, like, 12,000 fans in that city there. It was rocking. It was, <laughs> it was crazy. Wild. It was all the whole population of the town. Yep. Right. Yeah. It was uh, crazy. What's your, favorite, what's your favorite place in the NL to play? What's the best uh, place to play atmosphere and the best place to go out after in NL? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's probably. I mean, that's that's tough. I mean, atmosphere-wise, Saskatchewan when they were like winning championships, we that was one of my first years there. They had like twelve, thirteen thousand person stadium, and they packed it with like fifteen thousand. It was crazy. That was awesome. Um, but going out after, I mean, San Diego is always great. Their team's <laughs> great. You know, Calgary was awesome. Halifax was fun. Yeah. I know we're playing in Vegas uh, next month, so that's going to be awesome. When that schedule came out, how many people in the group chat circle back? Oh. <laughs> I think my Sam, my dad, and brother are like, all right, we're coming to that game. <laughs> I think they might be playing outdoor this weekend too, which is going to be wild outdoor yeah, indoor game. Outdoor, right? Yeah, it's going to be wild. Joe Sign, those guys are. You know they're 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 gonna figure that out over and they're making it like a winter classic. It. It's like a winter classic for NHL, but it's fucking seventy four and sunny. It's amazing. Yeah, you know, there's always fun places to go. We play in Long Island. Sometimes we'll train it to New York City. You know, like every and obviously going out in Philly is awesome. All the city spots are top notch. Toronto is awesome. You yeah. go out in Buckhead in Georgia, like you know, all the spots are. They're all A1. They're all the same. That's awesome that you guys got that Vegas draw. Cause, right? You guys are in the East, and that was like a low percentage, right? Yeah, that's our like, only team. We're playing out West, so we got lucky to yeah. go out there. January 6th is a Friday night. We might stay there all week. Oh, I mean, I, I <laughs> you got to keep Blaze away from the fucking casino. Jesus. We were going to – we were going to invite you, Scotty, to come, but your girl, I don't know if she's ready. I'll tell you right now from experience, Scotty's not built for Vegas, man. Oh, man. That's <laughs> One day and out. That's an unbelievable take by Matt. That's unbelievable. No, you, mentioned, just... you, mentioned, you mentioned cards earlier, and I heard uh, your boy Kirst is an easy mark. He donates his game checks to the card table. But Always. He, he moved out to Vegas and he's living out there. I'm like, dude, live as far away from the strip as you possibly can. <laughs> well, they got their their house that they put them up in. The guys at Marcus Fizzley sick. They got like a four bedroom house with turf with like a jacuzzi or hot tub in the back. Like they're doing it. They're, they're going to have some fun out there. <laughs> yeah. Curse cur- is. Uh, when we play Boo Ray, I don't. Some of you guys might know that game. That's like a Drew Snyder game, yeah. and that game can get curse is an easy one to take some money from. <laughs> that dude, those dudes, those dudes are all like rookie checks too out there. Some of them, those dudes might break even on the season. Oh man, that's so funny. That's why I was I was blackjack dealer during training camp this year, slinging <laughs> the cards out. <laughs> You're just a street hustler. That's what you are. No, the first night I got hit hard. The second night I made my money back. Hey, man, you got to be the nail before you get to be the hammer. So That's right. <laughs> well, Matt, we don't want to keep you all night, fellas. We got any last questions for him before we go? Oh, he's been great. You, put, you already put me through the gauntlet. Matt, there was a, there was a lot of uh, talk about cheesesteak spots. RJ sparked it before the championship game. What's your go-to? 
I mean, people always say Gino and Pat's, and that's for tourists. My spot is Steve's Prince of Steaks. They do the long meat. They got the American cheese that's like whiz. They pour it on. I love that spot. I mean, other than that, you know, I don't know if it would be considered a cheesesteak spot, but I think Angela's Pizza is like has one of the best cheesesteaks I've ever had with the sesame roll. Um, is and then, back up and running? I don't know. It was cold on fire this yeah. this winter. That's sad because that's one of my top spots. And yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Uber eat some fucking Jersey Mike's big Kahuna right now. Yeah, <laughs> that's not the same. Scotty Rogers, if you ever want to take your girl, go to Barclay Prime, get the hundred and twenty dollar Wagyu cheesesteak with a bottle of champagne. I need, and I, buddy, I mean, you are literally sticking a fucking dagger at me tonight, huh? <laughs> I'm not. Hey, I'm, I'm telling you, Scotty. You know what? just got back from Texas. We will talk to the producers. I'm not. We'll make that. Oh, that's a, that's a, it couldn't be fucking just regular beef. You had to say Wagyu and champagne, right? You had to do it. It's, a, it's 125 bucks. It's Wagyu cheesesteak. They make the bread like that hour. They put truffle cheese on it. Comes a bottle of champagne. Yeah, it's a perfect gold, dish. You got gold flakes for it, too? Yeah, yeah. they ask them for it. I'm yeah, telling you. I'm, that, he said it was worth every cent. Oh, it? I do it all. The, I've done it. I'm telling you, I'm giving you a good date spot. Is that $120 Wagyu cheesesteak? You tell me to get it. Yeah. yeah. No, all right, both of you. All right, two Philly guys. Sounds like a good. Sounds like a good date spot. Then you get the yeah. you pass out in the cab on the way home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, Matt. We Matt, appreciate hey, you guys, coming appreciate on. It. Good luck appreciate the rest it, of the NLL season. We're rooting for you. Welcome back, everybody. We hope you enjoyed listening to Inside the Life of Matt Rambo. I mean, it sounds like he's living it, right? Playing NLL, playing PL, living down in Florida, coaching Golf, high school, golfing, playing pickleball. Yeah, he's got it going on right now. He's got it. Best shape of his life, he said. I love that for him. He's he's crushing it. So with that being said, uh, we talked to Matt a little bit about the whip snakes, the whip snakes culture, what that means to them. You know, we we always look at it like, you know, it's it's Terps 2.0, but they have some deals expiring uh, this year. Some pretty, pretty important players, I'd say, considering, you know, Mike Chanchuk, Brian Cole, um, some of those, you know, some of those Terps. Then they got Gutter, Justin Gutterding, uh, Chris Islanian, who was, you know, a, a good helper for them towards the end of the season last year. But, you know, and then uh, Jake Bernhardt, excuse me, I missed him. But of those players, I think – who who needs to stay? Who needs to be locked down? And and who do you think might be headed for greener pastures? I like uh, I played with Brian Cole in, in in Ohio. He was a good. He's a, he's like one of the best glue guys for an offense. The way he, he doesn't really need much. dude. He doesn't need much. Yeah, you know, like he doesn't need to create. He kind of plays within the flow. Um, I think he's a dude. I honestly think just his relationship with those guys from that team. I honestly feel like he'll be back. I got to imagine, you know, Colsey plays well. Uh, I, I, the interesting guy is Asalian. I think he's – he's dude, that guy's a workhorse, dude. I, I, I've worked camps with him. He's a fucking big dude. Yeah. I mean, he's a broad – Armenian, man. Yeah, he's a big shoulders, wide shoulders. He said he was a swimmer. You know, he was a swimmer growing up, so he's got that build. He, he's, he could – I mean, he's an athlete. I don't know. I think he helps – he helps them in a weird way. If they could get a more dynamic – I don't know how many years Chani has left. Um, and that's not saying he's not producing. I don't. He's coaching. I know that at Stony Brook. He's still launching him from two. You know, but th- they need to have a creator at the midfield. I know well, uh, Hoss, is, Hoss is retired, right? Uh, yes, I think so. And and I'm I'm interested to see how many more years Bernie is going to play. And Brad Smith went up in that rankings this year. He I mean, jumped. Brad's, so he's, a, Brad's a dog. He's a he's just a yeah. talk about a physical Brad's specimen. Awesome. He's what's their what's their draft spot, Sibes? 
I don't think we have that yet. It is in our note sheet. It is blank right now. I don't know. Is it has something to do with maybe hey, Noah, the sixes? The sixes? Figure it out. Maybe. I don't maybe. Know. I don't know. Or maybe Noah's in trouble. Okay. Um, you know, it's. I think you're looking at a Whip Snakes team that has their parts. And unless yeah. a guy retires or there's another expansion draft, I don't see the core of this team changing much. It, it, it goes – Listen, how their whole team's based on sides, I think Maddie was touching on it with the they call it the model. The defense is intact. Sixth pick right? play. Sixth. No, you are that's Trey H. All right, listen. Defense is solid. Goaltending solid. Faceoffs are solid. Attack is solid. It's already done. It's already, those are those are stuck. So now this midfield can be wiggled with a little bit, right? You're gonna either de- add a more dynamic piece to the dodging, which I think they can get a little more fit, like speed up top. I, I do want them to, you know, see that. Uh, but besides that, dude, that team's built on the back ends. They bookend it. So it's like, and then Greg, you know, he points to the middle. So like I said, if it's the midfield that needs work, it's going to be maybe a, a sixth pick. Who, what do we got coming out for the sixth pick? I mean, they should still be a, a good, a good mini in that draft, right? That draft's massive. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're just going to take Maryland. Well, the reason I was bringing that up is if you have guys who are on the roster that, like, you know, you're you're not you're not cracking the attack. No, no, you're not cracking the D line. Um, You know, they have a face off guy, they have their goalie. So, like, and they're the best. They have the best long pole in the world. So, uh, you know, as a midfielder, like you said, Channy. I don't think Channy's going anywhere until I think he's going to retire as Whip Snake. I think you. I think they bring in Greg. That's a great point about you know Mike. I, I, I you know I hear you know through Grapevine we're still connected a little bit. The Grapevine might say Mike. Mike's going to go out after this year. I think Mike's going to Mike's going to go out. And, and I think maybe grooming someone under Mike for a season would it be a terrible idea? So you can kind of seamlessly transition there. You're never going to make up for a player like that. Yeah. But, I mean, look that Whip Snake's face-off unit and Rambo touched on it like. Nardella will win a decent amount of his own draws, but there's even games where he's getting smoked, and Earhart is that you that wing unit too will yeah. clean it up. And, and you look on the stat sheet, you're like oh, they're fifty fifty. And so when Joe's already up here, and then when he's having a bad day, Earhart cleans it up. You better groom somebody, yeah, because I could see that. I could see you know Mike VP making another run at a gold medal with Team USA. Going out on top and then moving on with his life yep. um, after lacrosse, which is you know he would deserve to go out however he wants, but that's a pretty cool way to go out. Um, yeah, I, I could see, but you're right. I mean, when you lose a caliber of player, and it's also not like it's not like Mike is if he does that is going to be leaving, and it's like oh man, remember how? Okay, let's take a perfect example. Brody Merrill is still phenomenal, mm-hmm. but when Brody was in his prime, I played with him. If he walked away, you know, a year after Canada won the gold medal in 2014, right? Whatever team he was on, they would have been like, there's a massive drop off, right? right? If Brody decides to hang it up this year, you're like, man, we're going to miss him as a great player and a leader. But we could find somebody who's young and athletic and could kind of make up a little bit for that. When Earhart leaves, if he leaves after next year, man, like – that's a huge drop off. You better find a freak. You better find a top three player in the world, or you're going to notice that 
all over the inside between the lines. And the I, I think so, you guys so, touched on it. You guys touched on it too. I yeah. mean, Shannon Chuck was had 22 points last year, tied for first yeah, in the yeah, midfield. Yeah, and then they're, they're, besides Brad Smith, their next three midfielders points-wise are all free yeah. agents. Shannon Chuck, mm-hmm. Gutterding, and Brian Cole. I mean, I think that – you know, Gutterding moving from the Chrome kind of found his place in the Whipsnakes offense, was able to produce. And he, you know, he was six and 10 last year. He had 10 assists. That kid's known as a goal scorer. He was the, he was at one point in time, the collegiate all time goal scorer. And he's out there dishing apples for with the Whipsnakes. Yo, he seemed to be having a lot of fun last year. Understand. There's, there's a little, we talk about ego a lot on here. Like, there is ego to being a stud player. I, listen, I had one. Greg had one. Like, listen. It's just part of the beast. He has been that guy, right? And to go to a team as selfless as the Whipsnakes, it could be a relief sometimes to not have to do so much. But you also realize, with that being said, it means that you're not going to touch the ball as much. So, it, it, like I said, that's like we talk about Lyle, right? Like, Lyle, if, if Lyle doesn't touch the ball, I don't know if all the magic happens. So, it's like, how do you – he's yeah. not a guy that you can just plug in. I, 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 I kind of compare it to the situation, though, with um, Connor Field. And, and the archer, you know, he was the guy for the chaos. You know, he was the one lighting the lamp. And, you know, he moves to a little bit of that out-of-the-box midfield role. And he kind of, you know, found his stride this past season. So I can kind of see Gutterton keep playing that sort of, you know, fourth attackment on the field role kind of that comes out of the box. We also we also touch sometimes on the spot you are in your career. And Gutterding, like when I was a face-off guy in my prime, it's like, yeah, I want to be the alpha. I want to eat everybody alive. If you told me, hey, Greg, man, we're going to compete. We're going to basically be in championship weekend the last three seasons of your career. But you are going to share reps with somebody else. I'd be like, dude, bring it on. Bring it on. And I think Gutterding is at a point in his career where he's like, I'm trying to rack up some titles. Yeah. Like, I don't care if I'm the fourth guy or the fifth guy. If I can contribute, especially in that locker room with that, with what they've developed – with their core values, I, I think he's okay with that. Dude, I don't see that. The whole team, the whole league, and I, I love that, what you're saying. In, a, in a, other leagues, there's bottom-tier teams, right? There's, like, teams that you know they're going through a rebuild. You know they're doing this in other sports. In our league right now, it's at a point where it's so saturated with talent and not enough teams that the only team that really has that is the, the Cannons. The Cannons are a team that – you could go there. You might get yours, but you, you're probably not going to win a championship right well, now. I will say you might not even get yours with Lyle. After we talked about this for the last few episodes, I have come to the conclusion that if somebody leaves, it'll be for playing time mm-hmm. or most likely because they want to play with somebody. Yeah. I don't think the dollars are going to make a ton of – I don't think anybody is going to go from a $20,000 payday to a $50,000 payday. No. So I think if I'm sitting here going, okay, say I'm a fringe guy, I'm in and out of the lineup with the Redwoods, but if I go to the Chrome, I just my skill set just so happens to be needed, and I know that I'm going to get more game checks in general because I get more PT. That makes sense. Or my old college roommate is playing on this team, and I get to be a line mate with him. I could see that moving the needle. I don't see cash moving the needle on this. I would love I would love to see cash one day be the incentive <laughs> yeah. where Yeah, one day, but there's yeah. not more than this many teams. No, it's, like it's you said. It's like you I'm leaving I'm leaving I'm leaving the Chiefs to go to the Lions for an extra paid. two million dollars. Right. Yes. Right. And I, that doesn't exist. I think you bring up a good point too, Scotty, because there is so much talent. There could be, you know, a fourth, fifth MIDI on a team. 
that say there's you know, three, four more teams, they could be the guy on that team, but there's just no space. So a lot of these moves might depend on what what piece of the puzzle are you and do you fit into that team's puzzle? Like, do you work? Here's the other part is if you're a fringe guy and you want to argue over dollars and cents with not the general manager, your coach. Yeah, you're done. And you want to say, I don't know if I want to sign. I think I want to test free agency. You're fine, I can play. You have to remember something. If you're a fringe guy now on a team, there are – a whole bunch of 25-year-olds coming out of college that are studs. Your coach will be like, all right, whatever, man. Like, if you want to be here, you want to be here. I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take this kid. So well, it'll be it, interesting. in the MLL, I'll give them all we got, I'll give them some credit here. There was discrepancy between the top four teams and the bottom four teams. Now we can call that the league owned teams and the non-league owned teams, but I was on a league owned team and we won a championship. So it wasn't that. It was basically there was a Florida launch team. That nobody, you know, if you got sent there, you're like, I'm probably not going to make it to the finals. But if they're going to be, if they're going to pay me $16,000 max pay, I'll go play there. And that was a little bit at the time for some guys, a little bit of a money incentive, I think. Because, yeah, because you know it doesn't I mean? matter. In that league, you are you live in Philadelphia, you're like, I don't give a shit. I have to I, travel anyway. And I get to go to Florida every week. I get to go chill, right? So yeah. it's also like now I think it's, it's, it's almost like, dude, if I could get on a roster – it's fucking, I'm taking anything. Because it's like the saturation of talent, right? And we well, talked about the other thing too, Scotty, is there were teams opening and closing all over the place in the MLL. Right. And, and for the NLL too, for a while there. With the PLL, it's like these organizations aren't going anywhere because right. if they close, that means the league close. Right. So like if I want to go be part of Take like, the top. 10, 10 years from now, you go to Whipsnake's lore and it's like, oh my God, they won this many championships. And this is part of, like I'm, I could be part of this team that was a dynasty once. It's almost like kids going to a recruiting visit at Syracuse, mm-hmm. right? So that's what's going to happen. Is that's going to be part of the decision making? Is if you want to be part of this, you know, historic or classic uh, organization, that kind of thing. So the day, Simes, the day I hear a story about a rookie bitching between the first pick and the fourth pick money, which is like two grand, I will literally come on here and totally crucify him on here <laughs> because I will not. That is literally I you get a spot and we'll have him as a guest. Yeah. We'll we'll have him as a guest and then you can buzz song. Yeah, because I mean, listen, to be in that league right now is almost to get in the it's door. It's a privilege. It's an absolute privilege. And I'm not trying to listen, I'm not trying to ball wash the, the PLL. But listen, it's it, what it is is if you can get in that roster, we did it. It's fucking hard to stay in there and to be as a pro, you just take it. I think right now these yeah. young guys Mentality. Yeah, get in the oh 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 one percent of lacrosse players. Literally, listen. No, and you guys. Are, I mean, and even you know, talking from my own experience, when I was a practice player for the Cannons, I was. Yeah. I didn't give a fuck how much they paid me. I just wanted to get in there and try to pot a couple. Right? Yeah. Like I just wanted to play on the game day. Um, and it didn't. I mean, my my MLL game checks were like four hundred and fifty dollars. That went right to uh, yeah. hey, where'd that go? Right to Johnny's, right? Yellow Fenway or West Side Johnny's. Yeah, 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 yeah right there. <laughs> West Side Johnny's. All right, so I think I think at the end of the day, though, it's safe to say, unless something crazy happens, yeah. I see this Whip Snakes core being completely back to what they were. Yep. Totally. Yep. What they were they were they were a couple goals away from completely doing this whole thing. And, and the last point there is that is why they are the Whip Snakes because they have a concrete foundation that we're not even sitting here talking about massive change. Yeah. Yep. So, so I'll tell you what, I'll give you the list, you know, the seven players, Chris Lanian, Jake Bernhardt, Jake Carlson, Mike Channing, Chuck, Ryan Cole, Justin Gutterding, Brian Phipps. 
Give me three that they have to keep. Bernie. Uh, Bernie. Bernie just because his mentality. The whole Danny. thing. Gutty, you said? He said Channy. Uh, I was going to say Gutty, Channy, and, and Bernie. Gutty, Channy, Bernie. I'll do um, Channy, Bernie, Brian Cole. All right. I like it. I mean. Uh, you know what? I'm a goalie, and I played with Fippy. I love Phipps, and I know what he does for that team. He's like a coach. If he's in that backup role, I know it's all good there. I'll put Phipps over there. Put Phipps hey, in you there. know what? I'm going as Lanny because he's Armenian. Woohoo! <laughs> we, we get four. All right, all right, that's fair. No, I mean we don't want to. We don't want to uh, poo poo on anybody. But I mean these are the yeah. these are why people listen. You know these are the hot takes we need. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean camera, this this Whipsnakes team is a well oiled machine. They're basically as close to the New England Patriots as there is in the lacrosse world, right? They're they're in it every year. Um, so we'll see what you know the off seasons. On a roll right now, you know they have the sixes coming up. We're excited to tune into that. We'll see how that plays out and what the, the Whipstakes do. Moving on, we have the Cannons. We we dogged them a little bit during the season. Um, we gave them credit for being in games. They it's not dogging if it's true. True. I mean, Look, but, I, hold on, let me I let me finish real quick. They they yeah. keep doing everything they can do to shoot themselves in the foot. They don't have a first round draft pick. For like the next three years or something. Yeah. Ruby is laughing about that and whoever's taking the Atlas job. They got that draft pick. Um, the deal's expiring. They have Tim Edwards, who's a workhorse for them. Nick Morocco, who's probably their franchise goalie. I'm assuming they're going to keep him. Brody Merrill, um, who's chasing our boy Greg's record. And Ryan Tierney and Matt Abbott. Um, so really not that many people up on contract. So they're bringing back. A lot of the same people. They don't have a first-round draft pick. I don't want to say the outlook of the season's bleak for them because they were in every games, but I think they do have a lot of figuring out to do. And I would be interested to see if they try to make waves in terms of trades to maybe get back yes. some draft picks. I could see if I were Coach Cork, I'm sitting here going, "Okay." First off, I think it's important to notice two things. One, they 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 didn't get blown out in games last year. No. Their goal is to find out how can we change, how can we get a two to three goal differential. If they did that in half their games, they were in the playoffs and it's all good. Um, so that's the thing. They don't need to rebuild. They just have to find a couple pieces. Do they need it to do it through the draft? I don't think so. And here's why. I think so many guys are going to go undrafted because there's so much talent that they can find undrafted guys and bring them into camp. I hope this class sucks. Because I think they need to figure out the face-off situation. I agree with you. I think I think Morocco. I think their goalie situation can be solid. I think that's good. I don't think Brody's going anywhere. I think Brody wants to play more and more year. Another point: it was Brody's record first before I broke it, so it's fair that he has it back. Okay. Um, and then I think the other thing is we have to remember that Abbott. I don't know how many more years Abbott's got. I yeah. mean, I can't believe Abbott. Is still going, man. He's my age, right? Dude, we just call him Avatar. He would he would clear the ball and then play a full offense and then be the first guy in the hole on defense, clear it real quick, and then take a breather. He single he single handedly brought back the low socks. All the kids are doing it. Dude, he never left. He never left. And there's not an ounce of fat on that kid. Nah, he's a stallion. He's shredded. Um, but you know, um, could I touch on the the, the goalie thing, because that, that's my area of business. Oh, yeah, that's right. I think you play goalie. He, uh, listen, Nikki's great, man. I'm a huge fan. Like, I, 
So how we break down goaltending, I don't want to get into a whole lecture. We're talking a lot today, but it's, it's a lot of fun. It's just he's a streaky kid. He's a streaky keeper. So with a pro goalie, you really do want consistency. And you want a guy like Kyle Burnlore, who is going to make probably 12 to 11 saves a game. He's going to keep clean. And listen, he'll make a steal or two, but he's really making saves that are built in the defensive concept, which is make the outside shots. Nicky steals like six or seven because his defense kind of drops the ball sometimes. But we consistency, right? I just for me, it's about, and I think the kid behind him cursed is he's dude. He's you know he's he's there. Yep. He's there for a reason. Um, so I think they might have a Nicky deserves to stay. I know Coach Quirk and him are tight. Um, and they run the business together. And Nikki deserves a start right now. But that'll, don't keep it out of your head that they don't go to training camp and, and there might be a little bit of a – yeah, maybe no, a battle. They, they started cursed that last game, I think. Mm -hmm. And he looked great. But I do, yeah. th I do think Nikki's the guy there um, for now. Boston guy. Yeah. I know you're – yeah, yeah, I know you're I mean, guy. I, he's my age. I grew up playing against him. I'm we were like Good kid. 13 years old, and he went to Georgetown. I went to Villanova, so played against started, him for Started Georgetown. Um, yeah, he's been yeah. on the thorn in my side for most of my life. He's good as uh, shit. But, yeah, no, I, I think, like you touched on, that's that's not their problem, I don't think, the goaltending. No. I think Greg no. hit the nail on the head a little bit. They've had a little bit of a carousel at the faceoff. Um, and then I think they they have the guy. They have Lyle. They need to Dude, build it's around not an him. offensive it, this is not an issue of play. I remember they have Cav now. Yeah. They have Ryan Drenner. Yeah. I mean, listen, this is and it, but I don't know if a one offensive minded coach could go in there. For, say Coach Burke wasn't there, and say they bring in an offensive minded guy. Well, they have Kerwin. They have Kerwin from UVA. Is their assistant? And he's unbelievable. He's, he's the unbelievable. Offensive guru. So, so, so what I'm thinking now is, is Lyle a blessing and a curse? Is Lyle the best player in the league? But how do we build around the best player in the league? I don't know if there's a solution to that. He's just a very unique player that we'll see once in our generation, our lifetime. But like, I don't know if you could put. I, I don't know. I don't. They've had so many different combinations of Asher Nolting. Maybe a guy that could kind of be a big guy finisher. Ryan Drenner, fast, explosive Dodger. They've had it all, dude. I mean, the, I I, that's my point. Is it's there. <laughs> they just have to put it together at the right. You know, when I played with the Redwoods my uh, in 2019, there were games where you're like, this team sucks. Yeah. But then the exact same group of players would come back the next game and blow somebody out. Mm -hmm. And you're like, what the hell's happening? Any given day, man, if people do what they're supposed to do and they're human. Greg, Greg I got to I gotta be honest. Like, I, I'm, I think this is not we, – we ride – we gave Coach Park some grief this season uh, and all of us have been guilty of it. And listen, yes – X and O's are a big part of this shit. But at the end of the day, someone in that locker room has got to stand up and be like, dude, we have all the talent in the fucking world. We got to put it together. Uh, here's what I think. If we're going to, if we're going to, if I was going to summarize it, mm -hmm. I think right now, when you look at their offense, you have the best player in the world. You have, yeah. you have Asher Nolting, who is going to be a superstar in this league. Mm -hmm. You have Kavanaugh coming over. You have Drenner. Then you have Ryan Tierney. I mean, you have. You have offensive things that you need, okay? I think they need an injection of strength and and youth at the defensive end. And I also think that they need a consistent face-off. I was going to say, oh, yeah. Greg, the I problem mean, why, why with not the approach they've taken yeah. is they have done week in and week out auditions. 
You cannot survive as a professional organization doing that with your face. In, in season. They threw away picks, man. Forget about the Rabel trade. But they, they just pissed away picks. They got Bones Kelly, who I love Bones. But the Archers didn't want him. They were going to pick some. They, they drafted a face-off guy, and they're like, we're going to get rid of this guy anyway. And they, they overpaid for him. But we, I mean, there are some stud, there's some stud face-off guys coming out of college. I mean, I know, there bro. are a litany you, of good face-off guys coming out of college. You know better so than all of The question will be is, yeah. can they adapt to the rules? Exactly. You never know who can. Got it. So we've talked to so this guy. Why Sorry, Scott. Can Sorry, Scott. Go ahead and talk, Scott. Yeah, Scotty, go ahead. The, the discrepancy right now is, is so bad between the top three face-off guys and the rest. It's For me – it's like if and those guys are struggling. Like all those teams that we're talking about, it's it's they don't have the ball, right? They just don't have the ball because they're getting beat. So how do you, how do we? I mean, you could say get better. You could say be a better. But those kids are coming in with. Do you want to know the answer, Scott? Do you really want to do this right now? Somebody yep. make Maddie Palin <laughs> officiate the faceoffs the way they're written in the book. Okay, make sure you guys bleep me out now. That's how you fix this, okay? If you don't do it, we're going to have a dozen rookies coming to camp and a dozen rookies are going to be retired after week two. Now, I have a, I have getting a, back I have to what I was saying. I have a hypothetical for you, Greg, quickly though. Is it worth, based on what you just said, based on the rule change, based on the adapt, the adaption, is it wise for the Cannons to maybe trade uh, something that they have for a draft pick to spend on a face-off guy that's coming out of college? It's a good question. Here's the problem. You could say, you could look across the road, like Justin Inacio and Jake Falk. I think that Cannon should pick up Jake Falk. He is sitting behind the best face-off man in the world at the end. He's not playing unless he gets hurt. If I were Quirk, I would, I would constantly find out how can I get Jake Falk. Jake Falk is a technically he technically and talented could be a stud starting faceoff guy in the PLL, even with Matty Palin as the official, because Matty Palin did his upstate games in, in college. So he understands the cadence. He understands how it's called. That is huge. That would be like being a pitcher growing up with an umpire and knowing that he gives you that outside strike zone, right? So Jake Falp is the most talented faceoff guy in the world not playing in the PLL right now, in my opinion. So you, he's right there. Now, on top of that, this draft – they're not all the all the stud faceoff guys aren't going to get drafted. I know, yeah. There's too many of them. So once again, going back to my original point, I think they keep their core. They see who's going to retire and who's not. They go into camp and they invite a whole shit ton of undrafted rookies because if you're ever not going to have a first round pick, it's this year. Yeah. And they could find a two two or three people that can put them over the top and they can become a third or fourth place team in this league. Agreed. No, I think that's a great point, and I think. Just what you said. I think they have the ability with the class that's coming out to maybe slow play the faceoff guys and, and not use a draft pick on it. But yeah, it, it's it's super interesting the the spot that the cannons are in. I mean, we've said it. I don't want to beat a dead horse. They didn't lose games by much. They have Lyle. It's very interesting because I don't think it's going to take a huge drastic change to get them over the hill. No. They have the coaches. They have the players. Totally. They just need to manufacture a two goal swing in those games, and they're and they're golden. No, absolutely. Those two goal swings, are, yeah. They need and, to, uh, and 
that that is what that finally wraps up our off-season moves, off-season free agents. Our uh, two cents of if we were coaches, GMs, what we what would we do uh, for each of these teams? Uh, you know, a little Monday morning quarterback from us, but that's that's why we get paid the big bucks, yeah. fellas. That's what we do, boys. Uh, yeah, and you know that wraps up the show. Great episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Stay tuned uh, for in the new year. We're gonna you know touch upon the PLL sixes. We didn't really get into that much today. That's big on the horizon. And then you know I'm hammering this. I'm pumped for the college season. So make sure you're tuning in. Um, if you're listening on Apple, if you're listening on Spotify, make sure you subscribe and click that download button. And if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to our Torch Pro channel. And that's all I have for you, fellas. Anything to finish Man, I hope you're listening to this from on your drive from uh, New York to Maryland because that was a marathon. I had a good one there, man. That was fun. That was, that fun. was fun. Loved it. All right, fellas. Take good care. Room, baby. Have a good one.